to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 consistently in righteousness and a lot of people don't seem to understand this but it is something you can learn because the enemy has got a way in which he tries to make people feel like they are undeserving to be in the presence of God here's what the bible says firstly that you need to understand the bible says in in the book of second corinthians number 5 verse 17 this is powerful he says Therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation. Let me read this from the KJV because the KJV shows us something amazing. It says therefore if any person be in Christ he is a new creature. Do you know what it means to be a new creature? There's a difference between being being born again and converting to become a Christian. There are a lot of people who've converted to Christianity. They are not born again. They changed away from Judaism from Hinduism and they became a Christian. They are not born again. They are not a new creature. To be a new creature means you are basically a new creature. It's as if you never existed. To be a new creature is sort of you used to be a chicken and now you are you are um you are an elephant. It means you are a flower and now you are a crocodile <laughs> think of it like that god forbid that you are a rose flower now you are a crocky okay no you it, it's that kind of thing it's a transformation it's an absolute change so you cannot begin you cannot begin to condemn someone for something they have never been because they're a new creature that means in the eyes of god when a person is born again it's as if they never existed <clears throat> in the eyes of god it's as if they never existed so if let's say you used to kill people and nobody knows about it you don't want to turn yourself in <laughs> god forbid and then you are saying oh lord but the things i used to do after you give your life to christ god will be like what did you used to do because god can't trace your past it's only people who trace your past people people will remember you but even you yourself sometimes you are your worst judge you be remembering what you did how you smoked two sachets of shisha in one night how you gossiped how you slept people if they sleep people all those things are before you and you can find 
It's just when you are a Christian that those things, when you are born again, that those things become so real to you. When you were in the world, they were not even a big deal. They were just like, eh, we did it. It's not a big deal. But now that you're a Christian, that's when they are there. That also tells you that the devil is real. The devil is out there to make sure you feel unworthy. And he tries to bring things to your attention. And this is, look at what the Bible calls him. Let me show you what the Bible calls him. When you read the book of Revelation, chapter number 10. Actually, chapter number 12. Okay. Uh, let's read. Maybe let me begin from. Uh, let, let me read from verse 3. This is so important. The Bible says, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. This is talking about Mary and all that kind of stuff. Uh, now, I want you to look at Verse 7, the Bible says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That odd serpent called the devil, Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast down with him. Are you seeing that? He deceives the whole world. He's a deceiver. One of the greatest one of the greatest characteristics of Satan is this that he deceives. He deceives. He makes you believe what is a lie as if it is true. The fact that you are from the past and you have a bad past and you did bad things. The fact is those things are in the past and God has forgiven them, but you you have not forgotten them. So because you've not forgotten them, he's making you think as if God has not forgotten them either. So he is deceiving you. Are you seeing that? He's deceiving you into thinking that uh you are still you are still the person you used to be in the past. Now I want you to, to read verse 10 of this of the same scripture that we are looking at. He's a deceiver. But here's what the Bible says in verse 10. It says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of, of, of God and the power of his Christ. L listen to this. This is powerful. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Are you seeing that? What the devil does is he accuses, he accuses, he accuses, and he doesn't want to leave your conscience. He'll accuse you of what you stole when you were in grade one. He'll accuse you of the thoughts you had before you were saved. He'll accuse you. He'll constantly, even after you are saved, he'll constantly accuse you. And sometimes this is what, this is the devil also makes people go back into the world because they begin realizing you are just a human being. Even you, you've got feelings. Ah, you telling me you're going to do it with those, your friends, just go for now. And now you begin buying into all those feelings. Let me tell you this one powerful thing you must never forget. Thoughts are things. Thoughts are things. Not every thought that comes to your head is your thought, number two. Not every thought that comes to your head is your thought. If you don't learn this, 
you 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 have a big problem dealing with spiritual warfare because one of the highest realms of spiritual warfare is mental is mental this is why some of the greatest psychological issues are having or sicknesses people are having today are what they call mental breakdowns it's because warfare is 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 very mental and if you lose the battle of the mind then you will lose every other kind of battle i want you to observe something very interesting i want you to look at the book of second corinthians chapter number 10 verse 3 here's what the bible says i'm going to read from verse 3 <laughs> this this will blow your mind it says for though we walk and live in the flesh we are not carrying our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons that tells you brothers and sisters that there is a war somewhere against you there's a war don't think second is just out there thinking oh florence gave her life to christ in hell sucking his thumbs thinking oh how cute that's so cute she's now a good person oh that's nice that's lovely that, and 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 life would just be muffins and cupcakes no There is a war against your mind. There is a war against your righteousness. There is a war. Are you seeing that? And you are not going to lose. Shout hallelujah. Says we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. There's a war. And then he says, for the weapons of our warfare, that means you've got weapons. Someone say I've got weapons. Yeah. He says for the weapons of our warfare are not physical they are not weapons of flesh and blood he says but they are mighty before god for what for the overthrow overthrow and destruction of strongholds what is a stronghold in the context of this scripture a stronghold is a faulty thinking pattern write this down a stronghold is a faulty thinking pattern let me give you an example of a faulty thinking pattern there are people who think god gives them diseases to teach them a lesson There are people who think God probably made me fail an exam so that I can learn to be serious with him. It's a faulty thinking pattern. There are th- people who think I know I've given my life to Christ, but I was still too bad. I was a bad girl. I think I still need to change. There are people who think even after they are saved, I'm still a human being and I'm, I I maybe I need to sin a bit more. I'm still growing. All those are examples of faulty thinking patterns. Maybe God does not love me much because he's still counting my sins against me. Those are examples of faulty thinking patterns. Those are things you fight against. Look at this. Now, faulty thinking patterns already tells you that it's something that is of the mind. So the battle is happening in the mind. He says we refute arguments. Where are where, where are arguments born? Arguments are born in the mind. You're just sitting thinking I can't do anything in church. I'm not worthy. Where is that happening in your mind? So there's a battle going on and it's going on in your mind. Number 2, we fight against theories. Where do theories come from? They come from the mind. Number 4, we fight against reasonings. Where do people reason from? From the mind. Then it says and against and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. So the pride and lofty things are a form of knowledge which fight against the knowledge of God. That also tells you that it's a battle of the mind. Look at this. It says and we lead every thought captive and and purpose away captive. Are you seeing that? That means you lead thoughts and purposes captive. You are fighting against thoughts that are thrown at you by the devil. You are not going far. 
Do you think you'll go anywhere? Do you think you'll make it? Do you think you can be a Christian new? The things you have done. Are you really seriously thinking you can make a good Christian? You are fighting against thoughts. Let me tell, let me tell you the one mystery about thoughts. Let me tell you one mystery about thoughts. Sometimes the fact that thoughts are happening and you don't think the devil is talking to you does not mean he's talking to you. It's just the, 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 the way thoughts operate. Let me give you an example. Uh, the last message here in the chat section is from Florence, right? And here is how it reads. I've got weapons. Praise the Lord. I'm not the one who said the, who wrote those words, but I've spoken them in my voice and in my intonations. But it doesn't mean I'm the one who brought those words. In the same way, when you are thinking thoughts, you may even think you are the one thinking them. You may even think they are coming from you, but that does not mean they are coming from you. It means they are coming from somewhere. This is why we also, when you sit down and you begin thinking certain things, suddenly you just begin missing your ex. You say, shut up, I bind you. You even know that when you meet that ex, you're not going to do anything progressive in your life. You just be out there breaking your righteousness and coming back to repent and looking like you are lost in church. You don't want that kind of life. So the moment some of the thoughts begin coming to your mind, you reject them in the name of Jesus. Let me give you an exercise on how to deal with thoughts. You just sit down suddenly, you are wondering where you are going to go, how life is not making sense, and you begin sinking deeper and deeper into a depression. And the next thing you know is you want to get a country song about how somebody broke someone's heart and start listening to him, so that you go deeper into a depression. And then the next thing is we have to do deliverance because we now invited the bad spirit. Where is your faith? Faith fights. You refuse to be in a certain place in the name of Jesus. I refuse to think the wrong thoughts in the name of Jesus. I refuse to be taken back to the past. I, no, no. Sometimes you can even know it. No, I don't want this. Every negative thought I command you, leave me, is not going to work. You take authority. Let me give you an example. Uh, I want you all to start... When I say go, in your head, start counting from 1 to 10. Don't open your mouth, just start 1, 2, 3, go. When I say go, then when I, stay, when I say stop, you say amen, okay? Is that clear? Okay, go. Stop. And some of you didn't participate, we are going to do this again. Okay, go. Stop. Okay, good. What happens to your counting? It got disrupted, right? That tells you that the law of confession is greater than the law of, of thought. Let me tell you what this means. In the moment that you are thinking in a certain pattern, you should interject it by your confession. That means the way you are thinking is going to be broken. If you don't like what you are thinking, bring a strong confession against your thought pattern and it will be disrupted. This is also how you deal with your depression. If you find that you, you find yourself in a depression, you find yourself thinking the wrong thoughts, you take time, you close your door, you begin confessing the right thing. Are you listening to me? 
It may even look like it has persisted, it's going to continue, but it has been cut because the law of confession is greater than the law of thought. Hey, are you learning something, people? Now, let me show you one last scripture on dealing with guilt. Let me show you one second last scripture on dealing with guilt. 1 John chapter number 1 verse 9. This is powerful. Now this if, if this this is also true if you are a Christian and you find that you have done something wrong but it's not what you wanted and you don't want that kind of life. Look at 1 John chapter number 1 verse 9. Here's what the Bible says. I'm going to read from the NKJV. The Bible reads, "If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me read that one more time. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's what this means. Sometimes one of the greatest problems that many believers have who find themselves in a place where they have sinned, they've done something wrong, is this. They feel like they've disappointed God and they feel like they need a bit more time in order to get back with God. So they find that they are wallowing in sin or in the place of guilt longer than they should. But what the Bible says is, if you confess your sins, God is faithful to forgive you. Now, not only does God forgive you, I mean, if God could only forgive you if you do something wrong, that would be good. But God does not just forgive you. The Bible says it goes a step further and cleanses you of all unrighteousness. I mean, how amazing is that? That means if you do something wrong and you ask for forgiveness, God forgives you. But that also means he takes away the desire to do the wrong thing. Have you noticed that if you ever did the wrong thing, you have got a kind of approach? You don't want, because you don't want to be in that place. So God also deprives you of that desire to want to do the wrong thing. Now, here's the other thing you need to learn. Um, you find that after a person has done something wrong and they've asked for forgiveness, they still exhort their feelings and their thoughts above the word of God. Let me explain. That is to mean some people still feel like God has not forgiven them and they still feel like they are not worthy to be in the presence of God. Who is who taught them that themselves? Not, it's not God. The scripture can't be broken. The scripture is clear that God has forgiven them. But they themselves, they are the worst enemies of them, their own conscience. Oh, they feel like they're still stupid. How can I do such thing? Hey, I'm such a chicken. <laughs> How can I do such a thing? They keep reducing themselves. God himself has forgiven them, but they are the worst and forgivers. And these people who find it difficult to forgive themselves, they are the same ones who find it hard to forgive others. How can you forgive others when you, you've got a small heart towards yourself? You need to forgive yourself also. Otherwise, you, your thoughts and your feelings are way above the word of God. You've asked God for forgiveness. You've received it by faith. You are still feeling like, no, I'm still a sinner, saved by grace. I don't know what people think. No, when you when you pray and ask forgiveness, God has forgiven you. Don't be deeper than his way. Just be humble to accept his forgiveness and move on. Hey, are you listening to this? Otherwise, you wallow greater. You wallow greater in, in guilt. Look at this. Romans chapter number 5 verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. 
Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But listen to this. The Bible says, but God demonstrates his own, demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus did not die for good people. He died for the worst. He's saying people can die for good people. But then Jesus Christ did better because he died for the worst. Now listen to this. He says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Let me tell you what this means. He's saying, if Jesus Christ died for us, whilst we were so bad and we were sinners, he accepted us. What more now that we've been justified by his blood? Won't he forgive us much more easily? That means your forgiveness as a Christian, if it ever happened that you did the wrong thing, is actually way faster and way easier, easier than the person who is a sin, who is coming to Christ. So why should you be hard on yourself that you are even a child of the house? Are you saying that? Much more now that we are justified by his blood. Hey, this is important for you to know. That's how you deal with guilt. Faith in the word of God will help you deal with guilt. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, this is amazing. I think so too. This is what we call the gospel. It's good news. It's good news. You guys, we are done. I'm going to I'm going to answer Muche the last question. So that's how you deal with guilt.